0: Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of the In The Saddle podcast where we'll be previewing this weekend's racing where we'll be focusing on as well the Irish 2000 and 1000 Guineas and also as well the Tattersalls Gold Cup as well as going through some of the other cards on Saturday which will be available to watch on ITV. Now before we get stuck into those races Quickly introduce the panel. Um, we are rejoined this week by Paul Callahan. It's been a couple of weeks since we last heard from Paul. How's it going?
1: Good. I feel like Arnold Schwarzenegger back. I um, all All's good. I finished my finished my last exam yesterday, so uh, relieved. Regardless of what the results will be, um, with it relieved to have college done and dusted for another year. Um, worst case scenario would do repeats in August, but. We'll worry about that at a later date if it needs be. Um and my almost eight month old daughter thought it would be just a bit of crack to, to be up at four o'clock this morning. So I'd be uh looking forward to getting back to bed. So but uh it's all good fun now. Looking forward to the summer of hopefully cycling and a bit of family life with my wife and, and two kids and also working away as well. So yeah, all systems go.
0: Hoping those um midnight uh, calls aren't going to affect your form, Paul, but yeah, it sounds like you're, uh, things are all good with you at the moment. How about you, Steve? How's the form going? Are you telling us off-air that you've been backing more winners on uh, foreign shores?
2: Yeah, I, it's it's funny how you go through phases. In the lockdown, they got far more into the Hong Kong racing, which is really quite nice, because it was the only thing that was on. And I still follow the Hong Kong, but... I've kind of delved into the French racing as well these days. I had a couple of winners this week, Marilla Man and Sang Clou. And I've got so keen on the French racing that I've actually started delving into the provinces now. It's, it's the Croix la Roche. last time. I'll have to look on Google and find where that is exactly. But uh, yeah, i quite enjoying it just now. But I'm getting back into the old Haydox, Goodwoods, etc. It's good to be back in, look at the old British racing as well. And Musselboro, of course, just a few miles away from where I am in Edinburgh. It's nice to get back on that racetrack again see the action there
0: yeah definitely these uh flat powerhouses are coming back obviously we've got goodwood york this weekend haydock you know some of your traditional flat uh courses so yeah looking forward to getting stuck into these races also as well we're joined by betfair's mark karoski how's it going mark ha- had a good shift last week on racing post
3: live yeah um good to be back on in the saddle podcast um yeah, it was quite quite tough at the weekend. A lot of favourites, um, put up some some solid alternatives, but uh, I think the uh, the mug punters had it right off at the weekend. And as you see, these things swinging roundabouts. Um, but yeah, good to be back this week, uh, marking the card. And um, obviously, Paul I' not seen him in a few weeks. He's uh, just for the viewers. He's uh, he's looking very sharp in the uh, the Boyle Sports uh, studio right now. Um, looks a bit like honor sports figure there. Um, but yeah, it's good to have uh, Paul and uh, Steve on this week. Also yourself, Chris, marking the card.
0: Yeah, it's great. Sounds like everyone's in good form. Right, let's get into it then. We're going to be previewing just one race at Goodwood to kick things off. We're going to their feature race on the Saturday card there. It's the 210 over a mile and two furlongs. It's the Mansion Bet beaten by a head festival stakes, a listed race, an al leads the market currently uh, best price available of nine to four for William Haggis. Uh, Paul, I know he's a horse Are you hold in high regard. Are you going to be sticking with him here or taking him on?
1: Uh, yeah, looking at this on Saturday, the al can. Out of a slight question mark over the ground, I told thought he, ran a, I told he ran, a, ran a respectable contest at Newmarket where he, in the end you only, only bet one home, Pablo Escobar. But he did come with a challenge, give or take, around the, the two for marker against Siron Priestley. And I thought his run just filtered out. I thought on the day he wasn't he just, you know, he 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 struggled struggled at that level. I think this is for now, I think this is more as great. I think he will develop into a group force, but I think he's quite a low strike. He doesn't hit the ground quite hard. So he does have quite a, a good firm ground action. I think he'll struggle here on the ground. So I would be looking to take up as much as it Pains me to say it. I'd be lucky if it was good ground. I'd be all over Al but I think the the Paul and Oliver Cole train Majestic Dawn, Franny Norton, whereas the Blinkers
2: he has form. Majestic Dawn has form on on good to soft and indeed
1: heavy ground. Won the Camerature, and I think could be a bit of a bit of value around the, the four to one mark.
0: Yeah, definitely. It's a very trappy contest. Only five runners, and um, apart from Davin runner, which is run about twenty to one at the moment. There's four of them quite closely uh, matched in the betting. How about you, though, Steve? Did you like the favorite Alzar or, again, like Paul, are you going to be looking elsewhere?
2: Well, yes, I you was disappointed in the Jockey Club States. And, yes, the ground is a concern, you would think, especially at the prices. You don't want to have a a small, a short enough price with, with real live ground worries. Um, yes, Majestic Dawn, of course, he sprung a surprise, didn't he, with the, the Cambridgeshire last season. And he likes cuts. He's on a career high mark, but I mean he, he should go well. Uh, winter reprise, and I mean, he's a big prize. He was 80 to 1 actually. Um the, the last time when he was fifth at Sandown. Ahead of him was Desert Encounter in second. And do you know the outsider of five? I just wondered if there could be a shock in the first race, uh, <laughs> to, to be honest. Uh I wasn't sure. Stormy Antarctic, he's he's eight years old now. And Desert Encounter, well Desert Encounter's uh, no spring chicken either, he's nine. And I was just thinking that there possibly Winter reprise SDS on board. I just thought that that, that kind of, with a, a sort of trappy race that Majestic Dawn and Winter reprise are the two to look at, and al is is for another day.
0: Yeah, interesting. Yeah, I'm I'm a little bit concerned about the track with El Zarakram. But yeah, it wouldn't be the first time Davin Minoussie um won one of these kind of contests before at a big price. And he's a very shrewd and capable trainer. Uh, how about you, Mark? Which way would you play here?
3: I uh, sort of agree with, with Steve and uh, Paul here. I think El I mean, I, I was definitely against this one last time. Um, behind uh, Sir Ron Presley and Piledriver. I know me and you were quite sweet, Chris, on the the, the top two in that race. Um, again, the way this race is going to unfold, Alzanacan doesn't settle that well. And if you look at the form, again, one of you few egg and spoon races in all weather um Stepping down a trip here. I'm not really sure where the pace is going to come from. Again, just, just alluding to what, what Steve says, uh a replace, Could this one get a an easy an easy time of it up front and nick it from the front? Uh, fourteen to one seems quite a big price. This one is gonna go forward. Um, you know, Design Encounter is gonna be staying on strongly. Um, I just think that Alzar are coming out, there is about fifteen to eight out there. I think that one's too short. Um just I'm concerned about the ground as well. This is the one that, I mean, if this one goes around 6-4, 7-4, I mean, you'd be laying this in the wind market. Um, I mean, I'd actually prefer Desert Encounter for wind purposes an Absolute Monkey. Because um, you know this one will get home over the trip. So I think the way that I'd be wanting to play this is I'd just be wanting to lay Al-Zarakan in the wind here. Um And if he goes really, really short, around 6-4, 7-4 in the wind market, you would probably lay this one. You probably just want at two's on in the two place market, which I think thinks value here, because I I think I don't think they're going to go a ridiculous pace here, and I can see al have being very very keen early and won't handle the ground could easily be at the two and three here.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So it seems like the panel then are all keen to take on al Ran. It's a Majestic Dawn for Pooh. Uh, Steve was quite keen on the chances of Majestic uh, Dawn and Windsor Priest. And um, Mark will be laying um, Al Zakaran for the win. We then move on to York, where we're, again, just going to be previewing one race there, but it's their feature contest. It is the William Hill Bronte Cup Philly Stakes, a group three over a mile and six. You're really going to need to stay to win this race. We'll come to Steve here first. You've got Believe in Love at the top of the market. Are we with this one or uh, looking elsewhere?
2: Well, I think he's highly respected. He won five times last year. My only um, my only slight doubt is, is the, the long absence. I mean, he's obviously a long absence for a reason. He's just coming back for, for his first run of the season. But 210, he has to be on his metal, I would think, because he's facing Mighty Blue, who was third at the Cheltenham Festival and now showing what he can do on the level. And um, he has the, the beating of Flora Della Luna in their recent run in the Vintage Tipple. And he just strikes me as a horse that's on on the on the improve, basically for Joseph Patrick O'Brien, Dylan Brown McMonigal. They're a good pair. The ground won't be a bother. You can stay. And I just think that Mighty Blue has uh, an upward trajectory. Other horses, Urban Craft and uh, sorry, Urban Artist and Tribal Craft are quite closely matched. They're closely matched last year at Bath in the Beckford States. And Tribal Craft didn't do badly when he was second last time at a massive price at the Buckhounds at 50-1. to one. But yes, um, Chikor, Alan King, but he won his last run, but he has a bit of a amount to climb on the ratings. So I thought Mighty Blue was just, he's on the roll, he's won his last race. He won't come over here for the good of his health. And I think he could, well, put up to the favourite.
0: Yeah, interesting. He's actually the best here on official ratings. And he's one of two Irish Raiders as well, because we've also got as well Jessica Harrington's, floor Della Luna. So uh, Steve is going to be siding with the uh, from the Irish Raiders, Mighty Blue. We'll come to Mark here next. Who did you like in this one?
3: Yeah, I'm, I'm with Steve again here. Uh, I'm quite keen on it. Just for Brian's Mighty Blue. Obviously this one was jumping. It was over jumps. Um, I think running the Mayors. That was hurdle at um, at Cheltenham. I'm not actually beaten that far. I was hampered on the 18th of March? And um, I think was it not? Tell tell me something, girls. It, it was Rachel Blackmore, another winner for her that day. Um I just think if this one turns into a bog, this one could be could potentially be an ozone shot, in my opinion. Um I just think that's uh high catcher last time I Gowren, uh parking listing company at a fifth of May. This is a slight step up, but quicken the way and look Smart will handle the conditions. Um I think if this turns into a slog, it's gonna fall right and it might blue's lose hands here, especially um, bringing the stamina stamina travels well as well i think i think this one should be favorite i think there's there's a bit 100 to 30 out there that I'd, I'd be amazed if this one doesn't go off favorite on the day Mighty blue.
0: yeah i could see believe and love being uh, slightly weak and weak uh, yeah yeah weak and and i could see mighty blue attracting some some support I wouldn't be at all surprised if she maybe went off nine to four two to one that kind of price how about you though paul are you um gonna make it a hat trick for the irish i'm looking to take
1: what well, i'm looking to take them on at one with a bigger price. Believe in Love is a filly coming into this in tremendous form. Well, she she's won four of the last five starts. Mighty Blue and Florida la Luna. It's interesting the connections I think have often sent over their own jockeys. You have Dylan Brown McMonagall, partner in Mighty Blue, and Tom Adden, partner of the Harrington Horse. But I think Tribal Craft is an each way play around about the, the 11 to 1 mark, was second on season reappearance in a, in a listed contest at Ascot. I think has it has a bit of form with, with soft and wonderful conditions. Indeed, that second did come a soft round at Ascot. I think if, if Tribal Craft can build on that, wouldn't have overly huge mileage on the clock for, uh, for a five year old. I think Tribal Craft can play a hand in the finish. She's a bit of each way of value, right, with the 11 to 1, Mark?
0: Yeah, very interesting. Yeah, she's one of the outsiders of the field, but anything trained by Andrew Bolden these days definitely have to take note of. So, uh, Tribal Craft, it is for the pool and uh, Mark and Steve were keen on the Irish Fancy Mighty Blue. We then are going over the Irish Sea for the next race we'll be looking at, the feature race uh, on um, Saturday in the UK and in Ireland. It's at the Curra. it's the 320 Tattersall's Irish 2000 Guineas, a Group 1 over a mile, and Lucky Vega is your favourite, roundabout 5-2 for Jessica Harrington. Mark, did you like Lucky Vega, or are you going to be going with one of the Ballydoore horses, or another horse?
3: I disappointed in um, Lucky Vega's price here because I thought it would have got a bit of value. Here. I'm seeing about two to one here. I thought this one would have been bigger. Um, just, just going back on onto uh, Poetic Flair. Um, obviously, ran in the, the French One Thousand Guineas. Um, it's a bit disappointing. I just, I think the, I think that one might have came too soon, and. Um, do you think they're going to run here um, after six days? Going to, six, seven days? Are they going to run this one? I think it's going to put it away for later on in the year because do you not think it'd be even more counterproductive? Um, maybe give this one a rest because it certainly didn't run the race um, in France. I um, looking at the market. Wembley. I think that was a shocking run last time out. Four to one. I wouldn't be touching that. I could easily see that one at the places again. Um, I think that Lucky Vega is probably. Probably the one to be comes in here as the fresh horse, and so has that form linked with uh, poetic flair. But um, you Wembley know, was really disappointing in new market. I think taking a chance on Jessica Harrington's Lucky Vega. I was hoping this one would probably be a bit bigger, but uh, it's being found in the market. Um, I think the Godolphins Labarosa, uh, for forecast purposes, and it has that that form linked um, with uh, Master of the Seas. So I don't think. Do you think poetic flair is going to run here, Chris? Uh should
2: do
0: he's already jocked up we've got Kevin Manning on board so uh, Jim Bolger he, he wouldn't have bothered jocking um, him up if he wasn't going to run so I think I was, the one in France was a mistake possibly um, but, but who knows but he must have come out of the race
3: well if, if they decided to declare him so but yeah, yeah I just think the turnaround too quick here I, Like I think the form of Newmarket is a great run but um, if so you take that, that French if he didn't run last time I think this one would have went off favourite here Um but yeah, Lucky Vega for me for wind purposes and Labarosa um, looks a danger. Godolphin, why on you come mm,
0: Interesting. So, Mark's in to side with the favourite, Lucky Vega. We'll
3: yeah, come... I probably could get a job at the recent post here with all these favourites, Chris, couldn't we?
0: Yeah, if anything was to go by last week, maybe you just should start tipping up the, the favourite. Anyway, we go to Paul next for his selection. Who did you like in the Irish 2000 guineas?
1: Yeah, I think it's interesting looking at the Guinea's that La William Buick is, is opted to come over, that Charlie Ackleby is not employing it for the same reason that I mentioned in the last race that we previewed, that's Joseph O'Brien sending over Dylan Brown McMonagle and Tom Madden partnering the Harrington Horse in England. That's William Buick's coming over here to partner the, the Godolphin runner in La However, with the underfoot conditions, I think it's going to be heavy. There's an inspection we're recording on Thursday evening. There's already an inspection plan for Wexford tomorrow and it's been absolutely horrendous all day here. It's been lashing down from about oh, six, seven o'clock this morning. It hasn't stopped. It's really been torrential rain. So the official of going at the car is currently soft. I'd imagine we could be seeing heavy from three twenty on, on Saturday afternoon. So I'm gonna sway Lavarasta and a horse we're forming heavy ground is the Aiden O'Brien train banked off, partnered by Jamie Heffernan. and I'd imagine Van, I'd imagine Jamie would have had a, a pick of a, of a couple of these, and um, I think Van Gogh who won at Saint clue on the heavy ground in France, he will need to step up on his run in the English two thousand guineas. But um, yeah, I could see I, I could see Van Gaal running his odds and, and playing a role on the assumed heavy ground.
0: Yeah, I I think it's interesting with the ballydoyle horses here because all of them were very promising juveniles, and then seem they all seem to really run below par in English, So I think you could probably put a line through all their runs, to be honest, and as well will get a better handle of them. But again, some might not be able to handle the ground. how hope did you
3: back Wembley. That's 4-1. After that run at
0: Newmarket. Possibly is a little bit short, in my opinion, from what he, he did. But I think you have to forgive him that run, considering they all ran below par. The ground might have been on the quick side for him as well, because some of his better format come with a bit of cut in the ground, so we know he's going to get that here. And also as well, he took a couple of runs to, to come to hand last year. He could be one of these horses maybe towards the back end of the season, you know, that really come in, come into his own. Um I would be prepared to forgive him that run. Um but I think this is quite a wide open I thought
1: he was being too far out. would be my issue.
0: Possibly, but he might have just needed it. Um Maybe. Maybe. But yeah, I, I would expect better from all the Buddy Doyle horses. It definitely I, I'm expecting Hopefully, all of them to to uh, shrug that uh, latest run behind them. How about you, though, Steve? Did you like any of the Bally Doyle horses here, or you um, like the favourite?
2: Yes, well, I I agreed with uh, with Paul actually. I I backed um, I backed Van last night at twelve just because I thought he was the possibly the best horse of the um, Aidan O'Brien, Aiden O'Brien uh, trio. And I know they can all bounce back. I know they can, you know, all come back through poor runs. But I just can't have um, battleground or Wembley after their guineas showing in the two thousand guineas. They they looked too beaten too far out. I thought, and uh, and actually, if this was just a normal race, a normal handicap or a normal race, to me, Van Gogh had the perfect prep for another for the next race. You know, he started quite slowly, got pushed along a halfway by Shami Happenham stayed on quite well. Yes, he's got a lot of ground to make up with, uh, with the likes of Lucky Vega. But at 12, I think it's worth a chance. Um, and of course, last last year, of course, he he won the Grand Criterium as as well. And back in fifth that day was uh La Barossa, who tired quite uh, markedly on the ground. I'm just concerned about the ground. I mean, it's, it's intriguing that he's brought William Buick over and brought the horse over. But it is a, a question mark on the ground. And maybe he's decided to, you know, could be a non-runner, and that's what I thought about actually having a, a tickle on Van Gogh before the declara- declarations are made. Because on heavy ground, it could be the kind of field that gets cut up. You're going to get a nice rule four if poetic flair doesn't run. Um, I think 92 is too short. So anyway, he's tackling three classics in three weeks, and I just I just can't see him bouncing back. And actually, in hindsight, Max basilica I think looking back on it, it, was such a great bet for the French 2,000 guineas. You know, missing out, missing out with the the, um, the the Newmark, the the English equivalent after such a good run in the in the Dewhurst and still not to take his chance uh, waiting for the soft ground so for me yeah I mean I think Lucky Vega is probably the most likely horse because you know it proved a mile was no issue at um, at Newmarket and he, he ran well that day he was very unlucky in the National last year he was really carved up he was probably unlucky horse there he could well have won that so we know he goes well at the Curragh. But at 12, yeah, I thought that... And McSweeney, another interesting horse. He could easily have taken in the English, the, the, the 1,000 guineas. And he ran well, fourth the most, by a Valley over 12, 10 furlongs. So he's another one to consider. But for me, lucky Vega to win and uh, Van Gogh to place.
0: Yeah, interesting variety of opinions there on the guineas. I'm going to forgive Wembley, but I can see why a lot of people wouldn't want to touch him. I just think that run was too bad to be true and you can put a line through all of them. But I would be quite scared of Van Gogh as well, who I think could be a danger if the ground does get really testing. Anyway, that's um, what we think of the Irish 2000 guineas. We're then going to move to Haydock now where we've got a couple of um, group sprints to look at. The first one of them is going to be in the 335. It's over six furlongs if the Kasumo... Bet ten, get ten. Sandy Lane stakes a group two, and Dragon Symbol leads the way for Archie Watson. Um, I'll come to Mark here first. We often, I often get a good vibe from you on an Archie Watson horse.
3: Um, do you know anything about this one? There's actually two other horses in this race that we've had a right off with before. Can you see them?
0: Yes, I can.
3: <laughs> yes, loader. Um, which one do you think I'm going to go with? Method. Yeah, that's the one. Yeah, we, um, we had it right off on debut, didn't we, uh, with Methods? And we had the distance bet, and we had the win as well. And obviously, we had the Learjet as well, and that one at Yarmouth. So we had that. Um, and obviously, Method's got that form linked in with, it's Richard Is It's Feb Rover, who's running, running on Saturday as well, or Sunday. Um, so, we will be interesting to see if Method gets on, so we'll give that a form a Frank. But uh, Dragon Symbol, quite surprised this one's so short. Um, I'm not so sure about the form. Um, there is better ones out there. Obviously, we got the word for sure about Lemon um potentially works better than dragon symbols so if you want to work out the ratings here. Um three to one looks a bit skinny for me. I'll <laughs> I'll give Method another chance. Um see one had a good good two year old campaign, uh really smart, highly fought within the yard. Um I think Dragon Symbols a bit short. I'd probably see this one drifting on the day. Um but willing willing to uh give method another chance here. It has a bit of a layoff to overcome but if you can reproduce that that early two year old form um I think this one, 7-1, looks a solid each way better.
0: Yeah, he's definitely a really interesting contender. was very precocious last year obviously in his first couple of runs. Didn't quite go to plan, but I do know that Martin Mead is still very sweet on him and thinks he's got some unfinished business this season. I myself quite like the chances of St. Lawrence. He's um, been a consistent type will handle the ground, likes to race prominently, stays further. If he gets to the front, I could see him running a mighty race, and he would be my idea of the winner. Um, Come to you, Steve, here. Who did you like in the Sandy Lane stakes?
2: I thought an Irish Raider in laws of indices might be interesting. He ran a good fourth in the golf slacking stakes at Nice. He wasn't beaten far, and that's a good form, I think, a case of you. Muni Esther, a great improver in this season for Jack Davison. And I also thought the likes of Isabella Giles could step up on on his his uh, her latest third. So I thought that was an interesting horse. Uh, Mujba hasn't shown enough so far on his return for Charles Hills. But uh, yes, I just thought that um, I like um, Ken Condon and I thought Laws of Indices. It's only um, six days since his last run, but uh, he'll handle the ground. Daniel Tadwalk, could be jockey on board to have. And yeah, he'll do for me.
0: Yeah, um member watching him last Sunday ran a, a really interesting race and definitely has to be in the mix. Feel that this race is a bit of a crossroads really for quite a few horses. A few in here that are on an upward curve like Dragon Symbol, but then you've got a few that are on a bit of a recovery mission, We'd like the likes of Isabella Giles, who was so impressive last year. How about you, Paul? What did you like in this race?
1: Well, I've never a massive fan of of, taking, of the Phillies taking on the coats. but I'm going to side with the William Haggis trained light refrain Tom Conn's on board she won a listed contest on soft ground on her seasonal reappearance at Nottingham at the beginning of May she's a Philly that rarely seems to run a bad race and yeah, I think she's she's a massive price round about the 11 to 1 mark but the only time she's finished out of the first two was on her first two starts she made a race course debut at Ascot back in July of last year she followed that up by finishing 4th to 9 at Doncaster and she's never really looked back since. I think she is worth a crack at this. It's never easy for the Phillies against the Colts. She does get that Phillies allowance, but physically the Colts are a lot, you know, can be that bit stronger. But I think she'll run a race. And, and I, I think anyway, from a betting perspective, she's a bit of value around about the 11 to one mark. So it's like for frame for me.
0: Yeah, very interesting uh, runner there for William Haggis and the colours of Her Majesty the Queen. So yeah, if you fancy, I wouldn't put you off one bit. So yeah, again another variety of opinions there, all going for different horses. But yeah, very competitive race. We then move on to the last race we'll be looking at at Haydock, and also as well the last race for Saturday's action. It's the 410. It's the Casumo Best Odds Guaranteed Temple Stakes, a Group Two this time over. Five furlongs and John Quinn heads the market here with his two exciting fillies, Liberty Beach and Keep Busy. I'll come to you, Steve. Here first. Which one did you like here out of the two Quinn fillies, or did you want to take him on?
2: No, I think I would go for Liberty Beach. Um, um, I bought Liberty Beach in the Abbey uh, last um, last season, a good third, and I think I'll I think I'll take Liberty Beach to win. Um it's it's. Um, returns fresh last year and one that's had over the course over six furlongs. So I think it's, uh, I prefer Liberty Beach to the two John Quinn horse and um, keep busy. I don't like as much and Jason Hart, he's staying loyal to the horse that he's hence the ride. It's quite a poor renewal, I thought. I couldn't really give much of a chance to Jabberocky and um, Kea Moore is a nice horse but uh, I think the ground would be a, a worry for that one. So, and and the likes of Ainsdale not good enough, I wouldn't have thought, Lady in France, so yes, I think Liberty Beach, she's a, she's a nice type, and and it's interesting, she won last year, on on her seasonal reappearance, never won again, um, which was quite surprising really, although she ran some decent races, and it might be the same this time, she might just be a, a nice horse, to take, take on, for it all back for it, uh, fresh.
0: Yeah, she, she's definitely been classy, on what we've seen, from her so far, but yeah, I, I can't see this one, going outside of, John Quinn's runners personally, um, both nice villains and ran in some really top well and some really top sprints last year. How about you, Paul? Were you keen on Liberty Beach or did you like anything else in the race?
1: I'm going to side with the other Quinn runner, uh, keep busy, even though Jason Hart is a stable at Liberty Beach. Ushi Murphy has been booked for the ride. It wasn't beaten that far when finishing fifth in Group 1 company at Longchamp last October. And prior to that, there was a good second behind Glass Slippers in a Group 1 contest with the Breeders' Cup qualifier at the Curragh last September despite lacking a recent run I think should go close has form on, on soft or heavy ground I, I think again up if it comes up soft it's going to take a, a bit of getting in comparison to some of the other courses Haydock, when it, when it comes up soft it is quite testing so you know it's trapping up towards the, the top of the bedding I think Jabberoff is opposable he just about got home and he had a favourite draw mostly were a two starts back I couldn't believe he did he had a plum draw he the inside draw of Chester on his last start. And I couldn't believe that he got such an easy lead. And I would say, I think Jason Hart was on board, both wins. And I'd say Jason couldn't believe his luck after half the column on his last start at Chester, that he was having such an easy time of it out in front. And um, I think he just might struggle here. So out of the two Quinn runners, I'm saying we we'll keep busy. Amount of O'Boshee Murphy.
0: So a split of opinions there for John Quinn's runners. Who are you going to give the nod to, Mark?
3: And I, uh, when I was doing my uh, my homework today, obviously there was no prices. Um Again, I, I'm quite keen on Liberty Beach here. I was disappointed, fifteen to eight. Now it was about hundred to thirty. That must have went quite quickly. Um Good point from from uh, Paul Callan here on Jabarocky. I mean that one's nine to one available at the moment. Uh, big step up here in class. You could easily see this one finishing last, second last. This could potentially be a place lay three and four market here. I oh, don't. No. If you could lay this in the four place market odds on probably looks like a bit of value. But I think Liberty Beach for me for, for wind purposes. Um I like that that run at Longchamp, um, the form on the fourth of October, um, being half a length behind Wooded, uh form with glass slippers at the current on the f- on the thirteenth of September also because Liberty beat an outstanding claim here. Handles a soft ground, runs runs well fresh and I don't think this is this is that great a renewal. Um yeah, it looks like the one to beat for me. Um, and if anybody's ever looking for a lay here, I think Jabber Rocky in the place market looks like a solid bit of value as well.
0: Very interesting. So it's two votes then for Liberty Beach. And Paul is going for the other John Quinn runner. Keep busy. So we agree he's going to win it, but we can't completely agree who he's going to win it with. Right. We then move to Sunday's action where we're just going to be focusing on the two Group 1s at the Curra. The first one we'll be looking at is the 240. It's the Tattersall's Gold Cup, and we might see the return of Love. We don't know the full declaration still because we're recording this on a Thursday. We'll get the final fields in on Friday. This is going to be the first time that Love has taken on the boys, and do we think she'll be good enough if she runs cool to uh, beat these?
1: Yeah, she's certainly going to take a bit of a bit of picking back on, on the rate. She's a rate of 122. I'm going to side with Broome. He runs has a handicap rate of 114. Do you know he got the job done at the core on his last start. He's won his last three. Do you know he, he disappointed at the back end of last season when he, he failed to beat Anyho at Ascot. But um, he's a horse clearly in in health and a horse to keep on the right side of. So I'm going to stick with Broome in this one.
0: Yeah, he's definitely improved this season and maybe Love might need the run and could be vulnerable first time out. And this is the first time she would have taken on the boys as well. She doesn't get that three-year-old allowance that she would have had from last season. So maybe a few things against her, despite her being the best rated in the field. Actually, looking at the betting for this, even though we don't know the declarations, Aidan O'Brien has got the first six in the betting, so I think he is going to win the race. But which one of them is it going to be, Mark?
3: Yeah, um I've I've not seen the betting for this one yet on on my end, but uh, I was actually thinking um I can maybe speak to the, the lads in the office and see if we can get a Will Aiden O'Brien train the winner here. Um, he'd probably be quite short, sure, you'd imagine, if if it priced it up already, he's got the top six in the band here. But uh, I did know um I did know one of your favourite horses, Loves in this race, Lucky Loaders. Um I don't know how, how you're gonna play this one, if you haven't told me. Um hopefully we don't get the same amount of blowback um, from when Love won at Epsom. Um, it was it was quite an interesting day, but um, I, th- I think it's a really difficult race to unravel. Um, you've obviously got Serpentine in this race. Uh, we know what that one done. Uh, Epsom you know this one's likely to go forward. Um, you know I, I don't see this very often, but I'm actually uh, against Paul Callan here. Um, I think Broom's been quite impressive. Um, but has to step up markedly again here. Hasn't faced this caliber of horse yet. Um, this this looks like a place late to me, but I can get this one out of the three here.
0: Yeah, interesting because obviously he's been—it appears he's been rejuvenated this season, but has put that's a few, big step
3: up. Big step
0: up. Has put a few blips in in the past, but who knows? Maybe he can be the real deal. Um, it's going to be very interesting who Bally Doyle sends for for this race, and you could couldn't discount Armory, in my opinion, was very impressive on his uh win at Chester when he did the job very easily. You know? uh, I'm not sure if he's going to run here, but if he if he does turn up, I think he would definitely be uh, a major player. How about you, though, Steve? Are you going to side with Love, or are you going to take, well take her that's on? That's
2: the thing, isn't it? 15 entries and seven of them supplied by Ed O'Brien, and it's knowing who is going to take their chance. I mean, Love would have a great chance if she turns up fit, but will she, will she be there? Serpentine Derby winner? It's a fantastic field. And, you know, even... I know Helvick Dream has a bit... I know he's got a lot to find at the weights, but three times now he's seen um, Broom's backside this season. But each time he's getting closer. And Colin Keane may well be employed, I'm not sure. But, you know, if things turn into a complete and utter bog and fitness is our premium, then maybe the likes of Broom and Helvick Dream, who have had three runs and the right here, you know, fighting fit, maybe that's, maybe that's the way to go. And Armory as well, as you say, you know, second in the Cox Plate, the Mooney Valley, well, well travelled, And he comes back after a nice confidence boosting win at Chester. I just found it a very difficult race and I'd probably go for perhaps Armory's top rate 120. But yeah. it's not, a, it's not a race that I, I, that I have a bet on because it's just the uncertainty of knowing who's going to pitch up and who isn't.
0: Yeah, I think it's more of a case of keep the powder dry until you know um, what's going to be running. But
3: yeah, all eyes will definitely be on Love and some of the other guys. I think it's Chris, sorry if I interrupted, but I, I know we haven't got the full decks in yet, right? My angle with the place lay, if all these runners turn up, I'd be confident you get room out of the three here. If you start knocking out two, three, four, then O'Brien, then then obviously you need to You maybe just do a two-place lay then.
0: Possibly, yeah. You might be able to sweep that up then. But uh, yeah, bad joke there. Anyway, all eyes well being on love for this race. Can she kick on as a four-year-old? Or is she going to fall victim first time out to fitter rivals or more classier rivals? Who knows? It's going to be an interesting race. We then go to the last race we're going to be talking about, which is the 315. The Tattersalls Irish 1000 Guineas. um, Pretty gorgeous who missed the English 1,000 guineas is your current favourite, followed by Joan of Arc, who I thought was very impressive on her last win. We'll come to uh, Mark here first. Who did you like in this one?
3: I think pretty gorgeous. is was a smart two-year-old, but needs to prove that she's trained on. Um, I'm agreeing with you. I think Joan of Arc was, was very impressive last time. It Lo- looks like you have a progressive profile, um, only defeat... Um, this season was on the 21st of April, um, after being slowly away and unable to dictate, um, I just think Joan of Arc's a really obvious one here will handle the conditions. And if this one could get an uncontested lead, could easily be traded around even money, odds on and running. Um, look, actually, with that with angle, this, this is the perfect back to lay scenario. I mean, if you can get about 11 to 4, 3 to 1, you could easily lay this one off and running here. I think this one will go forward. Um, yeah, it looks like a, a classic back to lay here, but I think. Um, Pretty gorgeous is a little bit to prove. Obviously, he had a fantastic two-year-old campaign. Um, but Joan of Arc, definitely definitely got ability um, and has trained on. So I think Joan of Arc, for win purposes, if anyone's using the exchange, um, looks like a, a classic back to lay. And obviously, if Method hacks up as well on Saturday, you've got that link, that, that form link to Richard Ridge of Fife uh, Rover, um, who has it every chance here anyway. Um, I think that was a good reappearance run, that third. Um, but yeah, Joan of Arc, for me, win purposes.
0: Yeah, it's quite an open-looking race, but yeah, I agree with you there, Joan of Arc. I think she's quite exciting, and there could be plenty more to come. How about you, though, Steve? Did you like Joan of Arc? you agree with me and Mark, or taking something on at a bigger price?
2: I think Joan of Arc. He was, um, she was uh, sixth in the the, the Battle of the Lynch trial, and she was drawn widest of all at Lepstown and drawn in 15, but then she made no mistake last time. She was very impressive. But I do think the others are quite, quite nice. Pretty gorgeous, of course, won the Bet 365 Phillies Mile. Mother Earth was back in third, and we know what Mother Earth's done. And, and Fev Roba, it's an interesting horse, third in the Thousand Guineas, first at last season the Group 2, and fourth in the uh, Marcel Boussac last season, a place ahead of, of Bamba, who of course won over the weekend at T, so or last weekend. So I think Joan of Arc, she's an impressive looking horse, and I think she'll go and light the ground too. She just looks smart, a really attractive type. But, uh, but it's, yeah, I think I' a tracking renewal with Fev Rover because I think that's a really interesting reader.
0: Yeah, it definitely is. Nick Bradley's done very well in the last 12 months with uh, some of his uh, runners, with his juveniles. And be interesting to see if some of those smart ones like Fev Rover, Dan Dalla as well, uh, who we see tomorrow, I believe, um, kick on and really progress as three-year-olds. How about you, though, Paul? You, you've got the honour of going last. Uh, what did you like in this one?
1: I'm going to say we're pretty gorgeous. Um, she has form on the ground. She won't mind the conditions. They're just it's still absolutely pelting down here. Um, it hasn't you know it's been raining for at least a good thirteen hours. Um, as I mentioned, Wexford it's at the other end of the country now. Of course, Wexford have already had an inspection ahead of, of tomorrow's card. Pretty gorgeous. She was a winner at Newmarket on soft ground on her last start. That came in the in a Group One contest, uh, towards the back end of last season. She generally runs a race, like, you know, she she's yet to finish out with the first two. And I think she's worried she's sitting there towards the top of the market. And for me, I think she she takes it to beating here. It'll be interesting. Shane Cross wrote her uh it's Newmarket on her last start. It'll be interesting to see just what jockey arrangements. Stephanie McDonough wrote at the time before that. So it'll be interesting to see who if she is declared who um who Joseph O'Brien picks it in the hot seat on Sunday afternoon. But pretty gorgeous for me.
0: Mm, interesting. So Paul is gonna be siding with the favourite. Pretty gorgeous. So that rounds off uh the seven races that we're covering this weekend. As usual, we always do a little round up for the best bets. Anything else to note over the weekend? I'll come back to Paul here. Uh Paul, what was your best bet or anything else that caught your eye?
1: Well I suppose best bet at the minute off the top of my head, I suppose pretty gorgeous if she goes, but she's gonna be a bit short. Um trying to find something at a price with a bit of value. I'd go Majestic Dawn, maybe, in the, the 210 at Goodwood on Saturday, or, indeed, I think, like Refrain, she she could outrun her odds. Of, she's round about 11 to 1 at the minute in the 3.35 at up on, on Saturday also.
0: Yeah, very interesting. So, paul has got a couple of fancies there. Um, how about you, Steve? Um, what was your best bet for the weekend?
2: I thought I'd go for the, the first race at uh, the cutter. I think Fozzy Stark and Chris Hayes are doing pretty well just now. I thought Thunder Eclipse made a very nice um, debut, and I think there's every chance that it could go to um, two places better. Thunder eclipses for me in the opening race, the opening uh, maiden.
0: And how about you, Mark? You get the, the the last word on this podcast.
3: Yeah, Paul Callan's making an appearance. Kind of nervous in that Naps' table. <laughs> yeah, he's I uh, put up a good case there. So, uh, so Steve, um, I'm quite keen on uh, Mighty Blue. Um in the two forty York sink the conditions. Um it's gonna rain right into this one. Um this one stays further. It's more and more rain as well as what we're looking for. I think hundred to 30 is a big price. I could see this one going off around sixty four, seven at four in a day. Um looks good. Um yeah, mighty blue for me, hundred to ferry at the moment. I think what I'm gonna do this week is I'll put I'll put all the selections in a Yankee and then we can have it all we can have it right off. No pressure.
0: Yeah, no pressure. So my nap will be um saint lawrence in the 335 thought he had a really outstanding chance roger varian in cracking form at the moment uh reaches for the first time cheap pieces it was a good run last time when he finished second um finished second as well in the handicap on his penultimate start he's been running in some really good races and he won't mind the conditions and if he's handy and prominent i think he uh, might be able to out battle these um in 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 that race so for me he was my uh best bet of the weekend but anyway thanks for your time guys um great input as always uh from from the panel um if you're still enjoying these podcasts remember to subscribe to us whatever podcast platform you listen to whether it's uh, spotify apple or soundcloud remember to follow us on social media as well we're on twitter where our handle is at in the saddle pod Please remember to gamble responsibly. Hopefully we can give you some winners this weekend and we'll be seeing you soon.